Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Defenders have been able to fight off the hand, Cottonmouth, Bushmaster, Kilgrave, everything except Netflix. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh, that's right. We're uh, having a uh, little homage to the uh, hero of Harlem. Welcome to Marvel TV Weekly. I am Christian Blatt. Uh, returned from, well, a little bit lower than Harlem. I was mostly in lower Manhattan. But I am back from New York. Uh, joined, uh, for the first time ever on Marvel TV Weekly, by my friend Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad that you're here. Sorry that it's under, uh, you know, less exciting Look, there's some big news I gotta talk about. Yeah, exactly. This I'm is okay. where you have I'm to okay. come back. And at the <laughs> other end of the desk... Uh, Zia Landerson. Hello. Everybody. Sometimes known as Zia Anderson. Now I feel like I'm doing you a disservice by calling you Zia Landerson. I feel like we should just skip I think over you're the You're just Anderson confusing altogether. everyone. Just, just call you yeah. Zia. Yeah. So it's like Madonna or Cher yeah. or whatever. Like uh, and Zia, thank you so much for uh, holding down the fort with Amy last week. I, I enjoyed watching you guys. I was there in the chat. You know? So you. I'm not in the chat tonight, but, eight, uh, but uh, I didn't I'm just try to you get Amy, in the sorry. chat. I want to see. Zia. Is in the I chat, in the so chat. if you have any comments, and it's already a very lively chat. We are, yeah, we already have a lot going on here. Christian Jack- Jackson already says, um, "I hope it means we'll get a Heroes for Hire series." Right. Well, let's make but the we'll, let's make the overall point we'll get, that yeah. uh, right on the heels of Iron Fist being canceled uh, just last week, which I know uh, you and Amy talked about, is now it's very surprising news that Luke Cage has also been canceled. Very surprising to me personally because. I did know people. I, I know people who uh, just lost their job. The writers' oh. room was open, and they mm-hmm. had been working on season three. Uh, this person was going to be writing a script that they hadn't gotten to yet. So you don't get the script payment. You don't get the the. Uh, so it's disappointing from like, oh, I really like the show, but then also for my friend, I'm like, oh my god. So her, this person's career, you know, is is uh, was about to take off, and now it's not going yeah. to get to. So. And and from what I understand, it does come down to the the writing is is the cult is the reason for is that there at least that is out there yeah i think that that's what's put out there is that there are definitely problems with the script uh, the scripts really and i thought it was interesting because i found season two of luke cage to be more consistent than season one season one i thought was great but after this is a spoiler from like a couple seasons ago. But after the moment when, let's just say, Cottonmouth is gone, mm-hmm. uh, the series is still good, but it, it definitely dipped a little bit for me because it was building, it was ramping up. I'm like, this is great, still good, but it, it like lost its steam a little bit. I mean, in folks, one. folks who who may have listened to the, the Luke Cage after show that yes. we did know that know my opinion on that. Like the the first half of 
season one of Luke Cage was great. Yeah. It was really strong, kept getting stronger. But so the, great, but the yeah. moment that that happened, the back half of that season, like basically the Diamondback focused half, yes. it, it completely went off the rails for me. I thought Diamondback was a silly character. The way that he ties to Luke Cage, like there's too many coincidences for yeah. me to like to me to get on board. But second, the second season with Bushmaster, I thought was really strong. Like throughout, and I was like hooked on it. Um, where and, I like, I kept wanting to watch the next episode, and like, I, I thought Bushmaster was a great villain, and that gave Luke Cage something to play against. Yeah. Um, there were it wasn't this it was perfect, but and I thought it put Luke in a a new position going to season three, which could have given him really interesting differences to play off of because it wouldn't have felt like the previous two seasons. It had to be something new. Right. Absolutely. And I what I loved about Bushmaster was the fact that he didn't die, so he was going to be able to be around in season three. And I kind of liked the idea that you know we've talked a lot on this show, sort of you know a sympathetic. Uh, nemesis up until a point. You know, it's sort of like Killmonger in Black Panther. It's like, oh, like the beginning of where you're starting from. I totally get it. I'm on board. And then as you get further and further along, it's like, well, then you're just killing everyone. But he's starting from a place where he can be sympathetic. And it's at least a, a villain that you really understood. And I, I don't know. I personally was really looking forward to it. Uh, Zia, your thoughts on the first two seasons? Of, well, apparently the only seasons of Luke Cage now. Uh, sort of the difference yeah. between. Let's one get, two. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I will talk about that in a second for sure. I also I felt very similar to the way you felt about how the first half of the first season was very strong. Um, I didn't. It, it dipped a little bit, but I actually do really love Mariah as a villain. Also, uh, especially in season two, I was I was on the Luke Cage after show for season two, and I let it be known that I was a really big Bushmaster fan. As a villain, and also I sympathized with him a lot more than I did with even Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way that they portrayed his story, you couldn't not feel bad for him. And he it really seemed like he wasn't a bad guy. But then you have, on the other side of that, you have Mariah, who really is killing innocent people. He was killing people, and I'm not saying it was good, <laughs> but they weren't innocent people. They were, you know... In the business, right? I mean the the scene in the restaurant, right? And you know where even shades exactly. even shades is like, mm, you're wait a minute, too far. Yeah. <laughs> this is too much. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. That's definitely a point. That's sort of a, a difference. And yeah, I thought that Mariah was great. And mm-hmm. you know the fact that she was gone in season two, I was like, well, at least we have Bushmaster left. Well, she would have been gone for season three. For season three, yeah. yeah but she but, was so hateable that yeah. when she died, you're like. Oh, and I thought that uh, introducing Tilda was great because yes. I uh, that you know I admitted that I didn't see it coming what she did. So yeah. I was like the only one. I'm like, oh no, you didn't. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, what were you gonna say? Is that well, I was gonna say reviews of seasons one and two aside, like this the. Iron Fist canceling was not a shocker. I was it was surprising and it was frustrating for me because okay, spoilers for Iron <laughs> yeah, Fist we, season two. We, we have done all the spoilers in Iron yeah. Fist season two. I, yeah. I feel the need to say it just in case. No, no, I appreciate it. You yeah. can't tease me with Orson Randall's Iron Fist guns <laughs> and then not deliver. I, I know. I already had a, a probex because I didn't know it was. 10 episodes. I thought it was 13. Right. So when I watched episode 10, I got so amped for three more episodes of the Orson Randall storyline. Yeah. And then it, then there were no more episodes. I was like, okay, well, at least they're clearly going to do a season three so they can show us this, like, ridiculous multi-Iron Fist world that they've constructed. Of course. And then, no. Um, so that was frustrating, but Iron Fist season one was, was super, uh, super weak, and we don't need to get into all that. Season two was an improvement, and I thought, like, it had earned itself another season, 
Yeah. But I, I, from what I understand, the ratings were pretty lackluster, and like it, these are expensive shows. So yes. okay, Iron, canceling Iron Fist, I get it. But then they were like, he's immortal. So I was like, okay, they right. they made that point. So maybe he's coming back. Then with the the cancellation of Luke Cage, when I first heard it, my optimistic side said Iron Fist and Luke Cage are both gone. They're yeah. gonna just do. Heroes for Hire. Heroes for Hire, but Power Man and Iron Fist, it, various cut permutations you can do with it them. It sounds like, so, like, for anyone who hasn't seen the stories, it sounds to me from, like, because I've talked to a bunch of people and, like, read, like, a bunch of articles, it sounds like Chiodari Coker, yeah. like, his, like, neither Netflix nor Marvel were happy with what he was doing. Hmm. So, and it was, like, it was cheap. Like, they basically were like, we'd have to get a new showrunner in and start from scratch, or we could just cancel it. Right, and this is an entirely unheard of, sort of opening a writer's room before you have the episode order, and, you know, I I mean, I've had plenty of friends who have done this and worked on a show that they don't have the contract and they'll figure out where it goes. Uh, You know, like a perfect example, when American Dad went over to TBS, they weren't quite sure what they were doing, but it's like, great, we're just going to, it takes a year to do an animated show. I have a friend who's worked there for three years. It's just like, just keep making them. We'll put them on somewhere. And, you know, sometimes though you don't have the happy ending of like, oh yeah, you give years and years of life somewhere else. It's not, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that expensive to open a writer's room and then be like, you know what, we're going to shut it down. Because as you said, the the shows look so good because they're so expensive and they spend so much money on them. They are so well done. And I think that, yeah, I'd sort of heard the same things that, you know, the higher ups weren't that happy with it. Uh, There's obviously a lot of thought and a lot of hope that there could be another season of Luke Cage for this Disney streaming service, which we've talked a lot about on this show. But, uh, I, you know, these are co-productions with Netflix, so it gets to be kind of tricky. It's like moving a show from NBC to Fox. Think of it that way. I'm really so there's, there's a lot of red tape. Not that it's impossible. What were you going to say? I'm really curious. Like, do, do, you get, do you guys know it all? Does Netflix have a a right to those characters? Like, is there like a limitation? Like, does Disney have the ability to make a Heroes for Hire That's actually the question that I don't know, but I wanted to sort of put out there, that I think that we can see these characters and they could have just cut their losses, been like, you know, Netflix isn't happy and, you know, Disney's like, you know what, let's just kind of leave it two seasons of Luke Cage and then we'll try and do, you know, an event series of Heroes for Hire And, you know, because we've already talked about some of the things that they have planned for the streaming service. There's the Loki miniseries, the Scarlet Witch miniseries. And I think, you know, it's it's almost you feel like a Heroes for Hire would be it's a little bit of a tear down because you're getting these, you know, cinematic characters and the actors who portrayed them. But I feel like people would be excited to know, like, okay, in addition to that, you'll also get, you know, Heroes for Hire. But. They also don't need it. So I don't know. Zia, what do you think? Are you optimistic? Do you think it's realistic? Or should we just uh, be ready to say goodbye to both Danny and Luke on our screens for at least for a while? Even from what it sounds like that it's not going to be a possibility, I almost feel like it's a little bit foolish to cancel Luke Cage. Iron Fist, I, I understood. I feel like it was a little bit foolish to cancel Luke Cage. I kind of think that that's something that maybe they're doing on purpose to do, like, just throwing everybody off their scent for Heroes for Hire or Daughters for Dragon, because it's been something that people are talking about. Everybody wants that. Um, Daughters of the Dragon, yeah. did I say that right? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and it's definitely something that I would like to see. And people are talking about, I think it's um, Christian, no, sorry, Zias Bilou says, hoping they both move to Hulu or the Disney streaming app. And uh, it says, assuming Disney has a TV14, TVMA section on that service, and I'm guessing that's probably not going to be the case, so I don't really see that happening. I mean, I think you could do both of these shows where, you know, if... I don't you know, know if I would watch them. But, yeah, I don't think you can take this version of Luke Cage yeah, I, and that's put why I think... him on a... Into a, a an ABC level. Oh, thing. absolutely not. But yeah, I, I have I've heard different rumors on Disney's streaming server. Like the main rumor is that it's going to be all family friendly. But okay. like in but I but this week talking about Luke Cage with some people there and and with the acquisition of Fox moving through. Yeah. there's a a rumor that they are going to have an age up like section of that site that you can like opt into when you sign up right because they're going to have such a huge collection of these 20th century fox and not to not to mention like all the movies that disney has through miramax or uh like buena vista like there are plenty of adult movies in their catalog that they could just throw on there so you don't think that they'll do a disney friendly cut of pulp fiction because I'd be, I would love to watch. Well, it this is it. the interesting thing about the whole Disney streaming service is like, yeah, you could do all the very family friendly stuff. Sure. You get all the animated movies, and you're going to get tons of signups. But if you also have a section of that where you've got Alien and Aliens, and you've and you've got now these more adult TV shows that they have the rights to, now it's a double whammy. Like you're more, you get a, twice as much of an audience, not just the the family geared. Things, but but does Disney want to create a safe space for kids right. by creating a thing where you know that if you turn it on, like you don't have to go to Netflix Kids, you can just go to you could just go to Disney Disney Play or whatever it's going to be called. I believe that's and the know line, that the kids yeah. could could move around. Yeah, you know, it's sort of a, an interesting way to consider this. Is you know there was the it's a different universe entirely, obviously, but there was the Star Wars uh, Clone Wars series on the Cartoon Network, and then they pull the plug on that, and then they do Star Wars Rebels, which is definitely much softer around the edges. Obviously, literally, uh, literally, three D. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, Clone Wars was probably geared to slightly older kids, and I think that. While you wouldn't make like a Heroes for Hire show for kids, you might actually, like I said, soften some of those edges. And also now the Disney Play service is going to have a season of Clone Wars, like a brand new season that hasn't been produced. So it's interesting. It's sort of very – they're a little bit all over the place with this, so it's hard to really know quite where it's going. I think people are optimistic and they hope that that's what will happen. I think if you see these characters in any way, it won't be – on Netflix, I mean, unless look, they've already ordered a season three of Jessica Jones, and they're I know, in production. Yeah, I know someone who works on that as well, and that's going along. They've shot a season two of The Punisher, but it's you're starting to get the feelings that maybe they're starting to feel that this partnership has been, you know, somewhat successful in terms of attention. But they're probably not going to be that focused on it anymore. I mean, yeah, because Disney doesn't want to like aid one of their competitors. They've already right. pulled yeah. out from their their film deal. Um, but the question, I just want to know, like, you gave it was two series that ended on such heavy cliffhangers. Yeah. Yes, that, that that's just like the. It, I don't like shows go off the air all the time. Like sure. sometimes you you get satisfying endings, sometimes you don't. But these two, I felt like they were. You had to know 
like they had to have an inclination that Iron Fist wasn't going to turn it around, and they let them finish it with a massive cliffhanger. And the same for Luke Cage. Like, I mean, Luke Cage, they knew they were bringing back, but like, even if you just did a Heroes for Hire movie to like tie these characters' plot lines up a little bit, it it just it it I, I I don't want them to end on that note. Right, and you've also put them both in places where it's hard to bring them together, so you have to really tidy up some other things. Yeah, like Danny doesn't have his the doesn't have the the fist anymore like luke cage is like he's not heroes for hire he's like living large yeah it's a weird place to stop i feel like they could do a mini series you know just like a quick six episodes just to kind of give us yeah you could definitely tie it up where they both lose everything so they have to open their own business with misty and colleen and they're like what are we gonna call I know, yeah. (laughs) And it was just, you know, the idea that we were going to get the Heroes for Hire, it just would have mirrored what happened in the comics in the 70s. You know, Iron Fist series gets canceled, he starts hanging out with Luke, and I think it was three issues later, all of a sudden, it became... Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, you Mm -hmm. know, it was like, because neither title was huge, and then just putting them together, uh, that's how I, you know, really fell in love with both the characters, was as Power Man and Iron Fist, I always really liked them together, and separate, they're, they're good, but I just think they're so great together, and the fact that we have that, you know, that one episode of Luke Cage season two and a little bit in the Defenders, I was like, no, no, this is what I, this is what it was all building towards for me, all these series, I wanted more Luke Cage and uh, Danny Rand together. Um, before we move on and talk a little bit more about this, I know, Zach, you have an important message for everybody out there in the audience. Uh, yes. Uh, if you want to get more from AfterBuzz TV, you want to know, get the, your, all of your favorite TV shows, your after shows for those shows, the best way that you can do it, uh, whether you're a drama fan, a reality TV fan, a sci-fi fan, you can go to a specific YouTube channel spe- for your needs. You can go to AfterBuzz TV Sci-Fi where you get shows like this or Doctor Who, which Zia and I were just talking about next door Um, all that stuff in one place when you subscribe to those specialized channels you can control your notifications so you only get the stuff that you want to hear about it's great it's a great way to help out after buzz tv because the more subscribers we get the more lights we get to keep on and it really just it helps us out and helps you out so that you know when your shows are airing reminders i need to use my reminders that more because i forget (laughs) stuff all the time you can't always remember to dvr things Exactly, and that's why it's uh, it's a huge help to do that. And yes, as uh, as Zach mentioned, Zach and Zia are on the Doctor Who after show, which uh, is indeed just an hour before here. Uh, I was on the season premiere as a guest, and uh, it's always uh, fun to chat about that. But yeah, there's so many great shows, and if you maybe you like other shows outside of the genre, you know, maybe you don't, but if you do, there's so many other channels, so uh, take a look. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, so we'll uh, finish talking about this for a second. I did want to show some... Uh, uh, well, it starts off with a great tweet from... I always just call him Chio Coker, and you actually said his middle name better than I think I do. Is it Chio Hodari? You like had it run together. I believe together. it's Chio Hodari yeah. Coker. Yeah, um, Chio Hodari Coker. And uh, yeah, Jonathan, if we can show uh, these tweets, just sort of a very nice comment that he made. He says, a lot of memories, a lot of individual thank you calls to make. Just wanted to say thank you to Marvel, Netflix, 
the best writers room, cast, crew, the midnight hour, all those who grace the stage of Harlem's paradise and the most incredible fan base in the world. Most importantly, of course, forward always. And then there's uh, just the comment right below that. The first comment was from a user named Kiki McKnight who said, Sour Christmas. And then Chio immediately says, Not sour. The show was a gift. So uh, I think that he's putting a very positive spin on it. But uh, if you can scroll down just a little bit more, Jonathan, because we have a comment from Agent Colson himself, Clark Gregg, <laughs> who says, Thanks to you and your talented cast, writers, and crew for bringing Luke and his world to life so beautifully. So uh, I just, uh, obviously, if Agent Colson chimes in, uh, it, it's our duty to report it. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, much like. Uh, the creator, uh, well, the showrunner season two of Iron Fist, uh, M. Raven uh, Metzner. I think I got his name wrong. But uh, also putting a nice spin, like, hey, great to have the opportunity with this character. And there's always the hope that we'll see them again. Uh, what are people saying in the chat, Z? Are they all just still optimistic and hopeful that we'll get to see them somewhere or another? Or, well, yes. at the moment, we're getting a conversation about uh, Marvel Rising. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. There's always a lot of interest in, in yes, Marvel Rising. a lot. Um, let's see, but I Ivan Soto says... on my DVR. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, uh, there's a main reason why we haven't talked about it yet, is we, uh, we need to dive into it, absolutely. I know, and there's a, there's a few people in the chat every week that want to talk about they it. They want to so talk about it. Let's, oh. let's promise that we'll talk a, at least a little bit about it next we week. We will, we will, guys. Um, but Ivan Soto does say, giving Danny his powered guns and making Luke a villain, <sighs> intense, intense cliffhangers indeed. Um, so yeah... Christian Jackson, the Disney play app is also going to have a Loki and Scarlet Witch show, so there's right. little hope for a new home there, but it'll probably have to be taken down a notch. Yeah. R- rumored Loki and Scarlet Witch. They still haven't confirmed they it. They still haven't right? confirmed it. I, I thought I, we reported it as news, but we did. but we uh we do we do spend a lot of time in rumor and innuendo here because we were reporting the uh, the Hellcat picture that definitely looks like it's faked, but we were so excited we wanted <laughs> it to be real, anyway. so we showed it anyway. But we oh said God, like we think it's Hellcat. yeah, that's exactly it's all we need is Hellcat. Uh, anyway, so uh, you know, sort of a it's weird because this happens basically the the same day that we get uh, Daredevil season three. And we're not going to... Re- weird timing. Yeah. That's it, why that, I thought it had to be Heroes for Hire coming, because, like, you're launching a new show, and you're just guaranteed less people are going to tune in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely I agree with that. And I think, you know, look, there are people that have Netflix because they like these Marvel shows so much. And I, I think that, uh, you know, they'll be happy to spend that money elsewhere if, if they turn up elsewhere. Uh, so we'll sort of talk... A little bit general. We'll get into some of the early specifics. Uh, for Daredevil uh, Season 3, uh, th- I guess we should make the big announcement. Zach, you and Zia will both be on the after show, right? Tell us when it'll be. Yes, we hadn't been able to announce it because we were still locking <laughs> down time. Scheduling is always difficult these days. But we will be doing the Daredevil after show for Season 3 with me, Zia, and Jesse Klein. At 7 p.m. this Wednesday will be the first one. It won't be every Wednesday. We're going to figure out the rest of the schedule as we go. But we wanted to at least get... And we're going to cover the first four episodes on Wednesday. I think we're going to do uh, like four episodes, four episodes. And then we're going to have one hour to talk about nothing but the finale. So yes. we can just like get into it in a big way. But so, yes, we will be doing the Daredevil after show. Uh, so join us this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard. Yeah. I was having a lot of people asking me on Twitter. And I was just like, well, I don't know. But <laughs> I was glad we were able to report it. So, uh, yes, very much looking forward to that. And that's like how what Zia and I did with the Iron Fist shows. You do a bunch of them. And then 
especially with Iron Fist, is like we have to talk about the finale and its own uh, its own standalone episode. Uh, there was uh, actually some interaction on Twitter, which uh, I thought was interesting. Uh, when I posted that we were going to be talking about this tonight, we had uh, so we have from the Mule nine ninety nine on Twitter actually saying that uh, he or she felt that. Luke Cage got too political, which is always death to a show. Nobody watches Marvel shows to get preached to. I saw that comment. Yeah. And I disagree so wholeheartedly. <laughs> That's why I'm Every saying Every Marvel show is political. They're... Danny, like Iron Fist is all of well, Iron Fist. I guess you could say people didn't tune into that, so that's a, no. But the people but like, did Iron watch Fist it. But... Is about cla- like class and like culture. Uh, Agents of Shield has tackled so many political issues over the years. Agent Carter tackled sexism. Yeah, like I, they're all political. Well, the comics are also have been. If you think X Men is not time. political, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you think X-Men is not political, go read X-Men. Yeah, if you take the the graphic novel God Loves Man Kills and you just sort of as you read through the word mutant, if you replace it with gay, you're like, "Oh, that's what they're saying." And it's it's, you know, you have so many things that are just really a metaphor for something else. And uh, yeah, I think that uh you really find that some of the the best stories. Look, we have a character named Captain America. Is that political? Yeah, maybe a little. Uh, Look, I mean, I, I understand the sentiment. Like, you, sometimes you want an escapist show. And a lot of times, superhero shows, you want that escapism. Sure. Like, I think Daredevil does, like, especially like Daredevil season one, does a little bit more of that escapism, superhero mm-hmm. fantasy than the mm-hmm. other shows do. But, like, Luke Cage, at the very core of that character, is a political statement. It always has been, like, since, the, since the, he was first introduced. Like, it was about showing a part of the world and a part of like people's lives that don't get the the same like airtime or like print time that mm-hmm. other things do. And season one, I think, was actually way more political than season two. Of oh, Luke, Luke Cage. Cage, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And like I think that was what made it really strong was that it was it was I love it when politics or or religion or society and all those things get brought into science fiction television. And and don't forget for a second. This is all sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like. I think that's its strongest point. And like, if they want to push those envelopes with Marvel shows, I am all for it. Christian Jackson in the chat actually has a great comment. He says, most pop culture is political in one way or another. It's culture's way of analyzing current events in a popular way. Yeah, absolutely. Well I mean, you have to look no further than Star Trek than to just find, oh, like everything checks like one of those boxes. Uh, I wanted to get some of the other comments uh, before we move on and, and talk about Matt Murdock for a few minutes. Uh, Eric Sander also said the news, this is in relation to the cancellation of uh, Luke Cage, the news is unimpressive scripts, and instead of getting a new writing staff like The Walking Dead did in season two, they just canceled it. And uh, Ruby Chan 228 says canceled or ended to be replaced by Heroes for Hire, which, of course, we've talked about. That's what everybody's hoping for. Uh, very real chance that we don't get that, though. So, uh, you know, I just I'm very hopeful at this point. And that's what this hour of discussion really is about, is that we're hoping and we're here to support you for anybody else who's disappointed. I I want to think we're going to do it. I want to think that Disney will be like, hey, we own most of Hulu now. We could put it there. We could put it on our streaming service in an adults uh, section. 
But also, I was really hopeful for Agent Carter Season 3. Yeah. Because it's still, like, one of my favorite Marvel shows. Well, it's hard to say, because they're all so, no, they're I know, all but so it's, much my the, favorites. There's but, something great about it. I definitely But agree. I loved Agent Carter, and it, it also ended on a cliffhanger, yeah. where it felt like it needed its third season, or even just a, another two hours. But, it, it look, it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, but one show that has gotten a third season and has worked out this way <laughs> is indeed The Man Without Fear, uh, Daredevil. Now, uh, as we just mentioned, you guys will cover episodes one through four on Wednesday. We're going to kind of talk about episodes one through four, uh, but not too spoiler heavy. We might talk about a couple of things uh, that might give away a little bit. But honestly, once you watch the first couple minutes of the first episode, you kind of see where we're at. And I've actually only watched uh, through the first four. What I'm told is that there's you know some much crazier stuff later, so I can't even give all the spoilers. When we talked about Iron Fist, I had watched all the way through to the end, and all I wanted to do was talk about the, the, well, the series finale i guess as it turned out to be and i couldn't so i don't have that knowledge this time but uh i wanted to sort of let zia go first your thoughts for what you've seen for where we pick up uh with with matt murdoch so far i really like the way they're doing it in the sense of showing what he's going through obviously he's you know having his issues with god and his faith which i totally understand i get that um, and then also just his issues with his injuries. He's partially deaf in one ear. Uh, but I like that they didn't have him nursing his wounds for like too long. They yeah. didn't drag that out. They really, you kind of are getting into episode one and episode two already. He's going back out again, but still getting his butt kicked, which I really appreciated. I like that they, you know, made it re- realistic. I like that they're not starting off too slow. They're kind of starting off with a bang. Um, I love seeing Wilson Fisk in the first couple of episodes. I love seeing... Well, the end of episode two, oof. I haven't watched three or four, so I'm I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Um, but so far, loving right. it. Right, and we'll talk a little bit about the first four because there's something I just found out about Zia is that she actually likes spoilers. She likes I knowing do. what's happened. We don't have huge spoilers <laughs> to talk about through the first four. Yeah. I don't I, understand. I, right, see, I that's know, what I said. I know. Yeah, and, I know and I'm weird. That her fiancé hates that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on Nick's crazy. side because <laughs> I don't want to know anything. There are actually... This is a weird aside. There are actually studies that show that spoilers do not harm your enjoyment of a, of a product. They don't for me. Like but, for like buying like for almost right. everybody except like, for the movie Sixth Sense. If you know what's yes, going on the that. whole movie, you're like Oh, okay, I could see how this would have been really good if Wait, I didn't why? know. What happens you're absolutely it, no. right though. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. But anyway, so uh, and then so Zach, let's just sort of general uh, your thoughts on those first four. You've seen I the first really, four. I've or? seen the first four. Yeah. I really like this. It yeah. it feels different. Um, I I saw some comments from people that were like, oh, it feels like they just like ignored everything from season two and 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 defenders. I'm like maybe it didn't. It's not dealing with a lot of what happened in season two right now, but it is absolutely dealing with the end of defenders. Yeah. Um, I love this, like, again, my, like, we're, we're okay with mild spoilers, yeah. right? Like, this broken version of, of Matt Murdock and Daredevil, where he has had, uh, he has had a clearly a psychotic break of some mm-hmm. kind. Yeah. Like, and whether, and like, whatever the cause of it is, like, that's what's happening here. And like, what does that do to a person? Like, especially somebody who has this split personality, 
um, and not the split personality of like maybe some other characters in other shows. Uh, if you like know Typhoid what I'm Mary, I, I was trying to be subtle about <laughs> I it. I know I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> We've um, talked about her so much on this show that uh, yeah, because okay. you don't have that. to have like the rarest disorder yeah. to have a split personality. You can just be a divided person who has multiple, who has two very strong sides. And that's, this is the most extreme separated that they've been. And that I think is just a wonderful starting point for Matt to be dealing with. Yeah. And it's interesting that it goes to a point where he goes and sees foggy and you're like, all right. And then he's like, yeah, you're never going to see me again. I'm not really back and I'm never going to be back. And you're like, well, wait a minute. This is foggy. You know, this is like, this is your guy. You know, you've been together forever. And, uh, you know, understandably, he doesn't take that well. Uh, I do like getting to actually have Sister Maggie involved and uh, obviously more with uh, Father Lantern. But uh, I just like that when you think about it. Everybody in his life, yeah, stick. Everybody that we know who was an influence on him as a kid, just I mean, Father Lantum is the is the most accepting and the most, you know, fatherly with the lower capital F. Uh, but then everybody else is just constantly breaking him down, like, no, no, I'm gonna have to toughen you up. And uh it, I like the flashbacks when we see that uh Matt constantly getting into fights when he's a little kid and you know of course nobody wants to own up to being beat up by the blind <laughs> kid and uh you know it just it's it just it's such a well-defined character obviously the character of matt murdoch we've got 50 plus years from the comics but just through these three seasons and the defenders we're just getting to know him so well and he's so well-rounded and then you're just like he just wants to be daredevil he doesn't want to be anything anymore uh also very excited to see the return of the the black you know daredevil mask and and suit i i hope we get the real thing before too long but uh i i find it to be very entertaining and really just getting to see wilson fisk again the that teaser trailer where you see him in the white suit i'm like oh this is really this is all i needed this is what i yeah really that's wanted great to. putting yeah. him in the white suit. i know it's just like in his mind yeah or whatever Which, at this point but like it's it's so classic wilson fisk and vincent d'onofrio continues to be just like He's so good in that role. Like yeah. he brings a different cadence of it. Like uh, King, the more classic comic book kingpin is in like the Spider-Man game. Yeah. recently, um, and like Travis Willingham plays him, uh, and he's great. But it's just like it's King. That's Kingpin in the comics. Um, but like, there's the subtlety of the like maybe autistic, yeah. like Kingpin in a way but like it it's it brings that character to life in a way that I've ne- that like I don't feel like you could have done in any other character like it's unique like I would never have thought to bring that side to it but Vincent D'Onofrio killed it yeah continues no, to kill it yeah and uh, I I can only be excited for uh where it's where it's going to go uh Zia give us your thoughts about and again you've only seen the first two episodes but how frustrating it is to watch both Karen and Foggy uh, knowing we, we know Matt's fine, but they're like, oh, let's pay his rent for one more month. And like, you know, she's stacking up the mail and all that. Uh, how do you feel for them as you watch that unfold? Okay. And I know that this is coming from somebody who knows that he's alive. So it's hard because I'm not looking at it objectively necessarily. Sure. But I applaud Karen. I'm a little bit frustrated with Foggy for giving up. Although I understand where he's coming from because you don't want to hold out hope for something that's never going to happen. Then you're just putting off the grief, the grief process. Um, but I still think he is. He's just 
I guess he's just kind of trying to tell Karen that, so maybe she starts to move on. I don't know. But I I kind of like that she hasn't given up hope yet. Right. And as we've talked a lot about on this show, of course, uh, to at least some extent, the expectation is that this season is based on the Born Again storyline mm-hmm. from Daredevil 227 to 233. And... Uh, this Karen's still very different from that Karen. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't know that we're getting porn star strung out on heroin it. Karen. But if they manage to do that in the next eight episodes. <laughs> but, but like with her colored like a colored past where like like she yeah. talks about like she's starting to reveal a little bit more about like what was what went on before we knew her. Right, which I thought was a really interesting revelation because it's like, oh wow, that's really dark. And yeah. like I don't need the version of Karen Page where like she has AIDS. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody needs that. No, but, yeah. no, but like, like you could, uh, you could do the comics like directly, but yeah. you don't need to do that. That doesn't fit with this version. Like, yeah. I was talking about Jessica Jones with somebody the other day, and like, why I think season two is so great is that they didn't worry about like, oh, we're gonna take this comic book villain and and this like plot line, we're gonna do it in season two is this one like right. like Daredevil like this is like the like season two was the Punisher season it was also the like hand season but that was like it is a whole other thing but like it was that season yeah it was it, it was, stands as like the, the the season where they had Punisher but right. season two of Jessica Jones was just we did season one and then what would normal what would naturally happen for this character as a TV show that continues and that's what I think they're doing with Karen like Karen has had the cleanest, like, one of the cleanest arcs on the show of, mm-hmm. like, co- starting in one place and then, so, like, her her tragedy drives her forward. Certain, like, things happen with her and Matt and that informs how she behaves as she starts this new career path that, like, totally makes sense for what we've seen of that character, even if it's not Karen Page from the comics. This version played by Deborah Ann Wall is, it fits. It all makes sense to this character and how she should behave. That's, I think I've said this previously before, too. She's just, she's too strong of a character, and she's been through too much, and she's she's in too much of a good place and just too strong as a person to go down. I just don't see them making that work. No, yeah. I, 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 I basically, from the end of Daredevil season two, I was like, okay, I don't think we're ever going to actually see that, Karen. And like you said, Zach, it's not actually that we need to see it. It's just sort of, I was wondering if we were going right. to go in that direction. It would be crazy town. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about a supporting character who's been introduced this season. Uh, just friendly old Agent Poindexter. Uh, Dex, who we uh, start to uh, see. Okay, so he's got some skills. Now, I know someone who is supposed to show up this season, and uh, I actually didn't... I actually thought it was going to be a different character. Uh, The other FBI agent, I was just thinking that, like, oh, is is this guy going to really become a major character? And then I'm like, that's I thought it was him. Uh, What did you think? Did you peg uh, Dex right away as... uh, well, the character that we all know is going to show up, but we won't say this week, but we'll definitely say next week. Um, oh, um, the, the agent, are you talking about Agent Ali, you thought? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's who I thought. Well, just because I'm like, oh, this character is getting so much screen time, he must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the, like, this, that's the problem with, like, following the news and everything. Oh, okay. is like, knowing that this, like, this character was, like, was targeted for this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, I was looking for it, yeah. and, like, I hadn't done enough, I didn't done so much research that I knew who was playing him and everything, but, yeah, I thought that at first. But he also, like, yeah. 
it, it, it just it, it was going to be a bit of a leap they were, for I Agent Ali. I think they Ali were too. doing that on purpose. Yes. I think they were setting because they set him up with the like, oh, he's got financial problems, yeah. so he's liable to be flipped, and they're they're hinting at it, and that way they can like bring in Agent Poindexter yeah. to who's so creepy, yeah, like especially with that like pizza thing, yeah. They uh, just the fact that, like, you know, he tells the person who's making sure that he's fit for duty that basically the psychiatrist or psychologist. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get together with this girl. And, you know, oh, yeah, each night it's a different meal. And then you're like, oh, you get together with this with this girl by uh, just watching her through your binoculars in your car <laughs> while she eats pizza. They're both eating pizza. That, yeah, he he, he was telling the truth. Yeah. And then you Ooh. see that he's got the picture on the wall and you're like, oh, no. And then just the the very OCD everything. So. Uh, I really like what they're doing in terms of building up this character for us, you know, sort of like a, a slow build, like very much that we got with uh, Mary in season two of Iron Fist. It was cool seeing like the like the like the like they they were able to show his like crazy skills, like yeah. he ricocheted a bullet off of a signpost. Yeah, like and... it's like oh dang, that's him. I know, and it's like as a result of that, it's fascinating to sort of watch the interaction with him and Fisk because Fisk is like, you know, I get it. You you call me convict. You take a bite out of my cheeseburger. How dare you? You know, you, all of this stuff. But at the same time, he's just like, look, you saved my life. How does a man get those sort of skills? And I like the fact that, uh, you know, you don't see him taking the bait at all. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds in the uh, remaining episodes. Uh, take a look and see what people are saying in the chat because we only have a couple minutes. But what I do want to talk about really quick, Zach, is just the sequence in episode four when Matt is pretending to be foggy and he's uh, – I'm going to go ahead and break into a prison. This, you know, this is just another example of, of how Matt's like, oh, I can really literally do everything. I can take on the whole world. Uh, but – there's so much amazing fight sequences that I wish I was watching it on a screen larger than this. I'm holding up my cell phone because I was on a flight back from New York. Oh man, and, go back! Yeah, and I'm actually going to rewatch that stuff. That like the the scene in the 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 medical yeah. office. Um, like I don't want to give. I'm trying not to give too many no, spoilers, but, but like the fact that unless they did some really crazy visual effects and camera tricks, that was clearly Charlie Cox. Yeah. It's so impressive. Like I get that he's but this is his third year, fourth season, fourth series right. playing this character, but like that was some like that's him. He's not under a max. You can't swap him out. Like right. he pulled off some awesome stunts. Yeah, and it, yeah, no. Now Z is very excited. See, I'm this, looking forward th- to this. This, this is why you like spoilers. Yeah, I'm like, wait Ooh. till you get to this. Yeah, that for me was such a highlight. And well, spoiler that he fights in a bunch of hallways. Yeah, there's a lot of hallways. <laughs> well, a lot of guys. Hallway scene was my favorite one from season one. Right, exactly. That and favorite and, fight scene. And that was the one that you, we, the, the scene that launched a thousand hallway <laughs> fights. That's true. Yes. Well, you're going to get a thousand in this episode. Uh, we only have a couple minutes, but uh, what are uh, people saying in the chat about uh, Daredevil season three? Zia, uh, a lot. Of, pretty much everybody loves it. It's unanimous at that point. Um, I like Michael B says no, no porn star Karen, but close enough. I don't know what that means. Mm, yeah, he um, probably well. There, okay, we'll we'll address that next week. I'm I so now. curious. Yeah. See, episode ten is titled Karen. 
Uh, okay. no, no spoilers, Chad. Yeah. That's just the name. Of no, the I know, name. but uh, that now that tells me that she's not going to die in episode eight. No, I, uh, I, I had yeah. no reason. Actually, to that might you. even imply it more. Oh no! <laughs> you just yeah. Well, you, I caused I threw doubt on the yeah. Fire. That's true. Thank you. Um, I also. Uh, I lost it. But Ivan Soto says Wilson Bethel's an amazing actor. Everybody says he plays crazy really well. He's doing a good job. Um, I assume yeah. that's Dex. So, yeah. yeah. Can I, before we run out of time, yeah, can I throw an unrelated bit of gossip into the air? Please. This um, is, that's what I we do here. I heard through some sources, like, there's no specifics that I have, but I heard through some sources that say that, again, this is like, this person heard this person, this person, this person, that Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D. next season, which is shooting right now, right. is that shit crazy. Really? Like, like they know it's their last year. Yeah. Like, so I've heard, like, from what I hear, they're just going nuts. And I'm here for it. And uh, this is a good time to mention that one of the after shows that you do here, which you won't be able to do that one until, what, July or whatever. <laughs> Sometime next <laughs> Sometime summer. Sometime next summer uh, is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, you've been a uh, big proponent of that show, I think. Uh, along oh, with, yeah. I, I've gone a, very up and down on it, but I've uh, been along for the ride. There are definitely seasons that I liked, and then there's also the Ada season. There but, are stronger seasons, there are weaker yeah. seasons, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just so much fun. Yeah. It's fun Marvel at its best. Absolutely. And uh, if if Amy were here, she would definitely agree with you because that's her favorite, mostly because when she started doing this show, she got through 110 episodes in like a month or something. So, uh, yeah, so she definitely did it in the right way. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, that's all we have time for uh, this week, but we will be back next week. We'll talk more Daredevil and let's just hope nobody else gets canceled. You know, can we can we try to like not get an announcement that season two of The Punisher will be the last one? I will cry. It, that because is one I, of my favorites, yes. Frank. Well, Zia, where do people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Zia underscore land. It's XIA underscore land. And also with Zach and myself this Wednesday night at te- 7 p.m. I don't know why I'm saying Well, 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Yeah, or 10 p.m. Eastern. You're right. I just knew. For uh, <laughs> the uh, Daredevil After Show. And also Zia and Zach every Sunday yeah. at, uh, what is it, at 9, at nine Pacific for Doctor for Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. And Zach, where do people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that. Zach Wilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. I also want to quickly plug, I have my own podcast uh, called Ships in the Night, where we take, it's me and my co-host Greg Goodness, who used to host uh, the Archer After Show here. Uh, We take two characters from unrelated fandoms, and we just ship them together. We do couples, we do uh, try to match up singles. It's weird in the biggest way, but it's super fun. Uh, check it out. Ships in the Night on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Podbean places. Right. So if you want Nightcrawler and Smurfette, that might be the place to well, go. Th- now we might have to tackle that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course me, I'm at Christian DMZ, and I also have my own podcast. The Black Cats will be celebrating our 300th episode this Sunday. So follow me on Twitter for a link to that, at Christian DMZ. Thanks so much to everyone. Thanks for joining us in the chat. We will see you next Sunday at 10 Pacific. Until then, Excelsior! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 